Good morning and welcome to our 19th annual CES Tech Investor Forum. My name is Harlan Sir, Semiconductor and Semiconductor Capital Equipment Analyst. Very pleased to introduce Colette Kress, Chief Financial Officer of NVIDIA. It's been a tradition to have the NVIDIA team be one of the first to present at our conference because the team is driving much of the trends that you'll hear about today, artificial intelligence and compute acceleration, next generation compute architectures and automotive and next generation gaming technology to name a few. Um, I've asked Colette to start us off with an overview of what the team is showcasing here at CES. I know that uh, the team has its GeForce RTX Game On event at 9 a.m. Pacific, uh, but maybe Colette can give us a sneak peek of what's what's under the hood there. Uh, after Colette's remarks, we'll kick off the Q&A. So Colette, thanks for joining us today and let me turn it over to you. Thanks so much, Harlan, and thank you, JP Morgan, for um, allowing uh, NVIDIA to kick off uh, your conference. Even though this is uh, digital here at CES, we still think it's a super important event and we're very pleased to be here. But now, I need to open up with a quick overall statement to make here. Um, as a reminder, this presentation and our content today um, includes forward-looking statements and investors are advised to read our reports filed with the SEC for information related to the risks and uncertainties facing our business. Okay, so now that we've gotten that carried uh, away. Let's talk about CES. Um, it will be a great week for us again here at CES. Um, and you're right, we have some great announcements um, that we have already started to roll out and probably things to go um, in the future. First, earlier this weekend, we just announced our win with NEO, um, our automotive um, company in China over the weekend. This will allow us uh, to incorporate our new automotive platform, our drive um, or in platform within their cars uh, for the future, starting probably with cars and sales in 2022 um, and their overall volume of cars uh, will continue to grow as we go forward. This allows us to have a overall trifecta in terms of the China EV cars, NEO, uh, Lie Auto and Xpeng are all now using NVIDIA Drive. We also had the opportunity to announce our work with overall Mercedes um, earlier in the fall, and we also work with them right now on the hyperscreen. And beyond that overall hyperscreen is our focus in terms of on our overall automotive um, technology behind their big screen. So a very important deal going forward in terms of Mercedes, but right now we continue to enable their AI cockpit. Now we had an exceptional holiday season. Gaming demand is off the charts. Our RTX 30 series is our best launch ever. This has been a great opportunity for here at CES to discuss our next wave of Ampere power game GPUs. So I just need you to stay tuned, maybe stay tuned for later today to get more of an update in terms of our Ampere um, products and our RTX 30 series. Turning it back to you, Harlan. Great, thanks for that, Colette. So, um... You know, if I look at if I look at last year at the same time, consensus view was that the NVIDIA team was going to grow their revenues 20% in calendar year 20, 
if you hit your guidance for this quarter, X to Mellanox acquisition, normalizing for the 14-week quarter, the team is going to grow its business 30 to 35%. And the street has you guys up another 20 to 25% for calendar year 21, your fiscal 22. Help us understand the trends and product cycles that are going to drive your fiscal 22. And longer term, how should we think about the overall growth profile for the different businesses, gaming, data center, ProViz, auto, especially now that you've added the networking connectivity franchise to the portfolio? Yes, thanks. A great question to really talk about what we're going to see in terms of fiscal year 22. We're entering fiscal year 22 with great momentum and feel really good about our long-term growth profile. The completion of Mellanox in the early part of fiscal year 21, we are now both integrating and working together uh, to focus not only on uh, accelerated computing with GPUs in the data center, but also focusing on all of data center computing with that overall acquisition. Turning to overall gaming, gaming will be driven by that continued rollout of our RTX 30 series. Uh, ray tracing is now an industry standard and overall gaming is a very important entertaining medium at this time. We are the only company right now that's offering ray tracing enabled by AI, not just ray tracing, but improving the overall performance of ray tracing in real time with no loss in terms of that performance. Right now, only 10% of our installed base is on RTX and we're moving quite quickly to work in terms of on that upgrade cycle that is ahead of us. Now, when we think about that upgrade cycle, we can continue to look at our um, overall installed base. Our installed base can think about not only our last generation, but our generation even before that, and looking at what possibility we have for an overall upgrade. Data center. Our data center business right now is at a $8 billion annualized run rate. And it has a TAM in front of us now with the combination of Mellanox of more than $100 billion. Now, this is a great opportunity with the inclusion of Mellanox to focus on data center computing as a whole and look at A100 right now continues to ramp across the hyperscale and enterprise customers. We're in that initial onset of A100 uh, A100 is in just in the early stages of the overall deployments and the areas that it can go with the overall hyperscales, the enterprises, the cloud, and the edge. We have great momentum for inference also when we go forward, and we have seen in this last year strong demand in terms of Mellanox as well. ProViz is another great opportunity for us to grow. Um, we have new applications such as AR and VR, um, both blended and separate, um, that really help build what is necessary for both the virtual as well as those physical worlds. Now, we've talked about overall automotive highlights in terms of what we're going to expect long term. In the short term, we'll be driven by our AI cockpit and our initial AV ramps as we move into calendar year 22. Great. Thanks. Thanks for that. So you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, reading, reading your enthusiast class gamers and the blogs out there, obviously we've heard a lot about the adoption of the A100 by your cloud and hyperscalers. We had Kimberly present 
at our healthcare conference and talk about the adoption rate of A100 and DGX uh, with her partners as well. And then you've got some new products coming out, right? Uh, you know, I know you're not going to give us a sneak peek of the game on um, event at 9 a.m., but my sense is that you're going to be rolling out your Max Q lineup of of products uh, driven off of your 30 series um, RTX based products. Uh, but the problem is that given all of this strong demand and I, and I just checked like, for example, some of the retail sites like Best Buy today, I still can't get an RTX 3070, 3080, 3090, your latest 3060 Ti. I still can't get it. It's sold out everywhere. And so can you give us an update on supply availability? Are the constraints more focused on wafer supply or advanced packaging and substrate supply? And more importantly, when, when does the NVIDIA team expect the situation to improve? Uh, thanks for that question. So in order to talk about supply, we first have to discuss the demand. Uh, we did have an exceptional overall holiday season. Gaming demand is off the charts. Our overall Ampere architecture and ray tracing are really a true success. This demand has remained stronger for longer. Okay, so, so supply does remain tight at this time. Uh, we expect the overall channel inventories, meaning the inventories that are with our AIC partners, um, as well as in our e-tail and retail channels, will likely remain lean throughout Q1. Um, our overall uh, capacity has not been able to keep up with that overall strong demand that we have seen. Uh, we've seen in terms of uh, constraints, uh, constraints really from the overall global surge of compute and the overall capacity, capacity that may be necessary for assembly and test and or subtrace as well. Uh, but again, we remain focused on this and working each day uh, to improve our overall supply situation. So, so given the strong demand profile that you just outlined in your opening commentary combined with the supply constraints that you, I think just articulated could, could extend into the April quarter, um, could the April quarter, quarter on quarter trajectory drive a better than seasonal profile even with the 13 week quarter in April? In other words, could we see NVIDIA's revenues flat to up sequentially in April? Yeah, so when you think about um, overall seasonality um, at this time, um, it, you're right, it's a little bit hard to look at uh, when you are overall supply constrained. So um, as we think about demand remaining very strong as we move from Q4 to Q1, seasonality is probably not a big factor this year um, as we are supply constrained. Our channel inventories being lean um, and likely remaining lean though, um, we'll focus in terms of how to think about that um, supply for our revenue as we think on Q1. We'll provide more guidance on Q1 uh, when we report earnings next month. Uh, but again, I don't believe that seasonality will be a large factor this year. I've got a question regarding the um, gaming side of the business. So question is, has cryptocurrency mining contributed meaningfully to gaming strength? And is that incorporated into guidance slash near-term strength? Yeah, so, 
so cryptocurrency um, is interesting. Um, So GPUs, as you know, have been uh, programmable for many, many years, and it allows a constantly discovering uh, capability for new applications uh, to use the overall uh, GPUs, and that has driven our overall growth in the market. Uh, Cryptocurrency mining is one of those such applications. Now, mining demand uh, depends on our installed base of mining capacity, potentially new coins, and what we would consider to be a return on investment of new GPUs. For example, uh, mining demand takes into account hash rate per dollars of GPU or even the current coin price. That's something to keep in mind. We don't have visibility on how much of the RTX 30 series uh, end demand comes from mining, though we don't believe it's a big part of our business today. Gaming demand is very strong, and we think that's larger than our current supply. This time feels different than what we had seen several years ago for a couple of reasons. One, uh, inventory levels are now very lean and we have better visibility into that channel inventory, something that we are monitoring um, on a uh, periodic basis and often uh, to make sure we have an understanding where that inventory is during the wor- in the world. Additionally, we're in the beginning of a product life cycle with overall Ampere architecture. It's got a long runway ahead of us, and the last time, if you recall, we were transitioning from Pascal to Turing, which made it challenging to manage both the channel inventory and the end of that product cycle. Okay? So in summary, if crypto demand uh, begins um, or if we see a meaningful amount, we can also use that opportunity to restart the CMP product line to address ongoing mining demand. Why don't we stick with the gaming side of the business since we started off with crypto. So you launched the 3070, 3080, 3090, September, October, like I said, I mean, still can't get it in retail. You launched the mid-range 3060 Ti in December. You've got a bunch more of new follow-on products. I'm assuming the Game On event at 9 a.m. is to introduce your Max-Q uh, lineup of 30 series products for laptops. That's, that's my assumption. Uh, demand has been strong. You get, you've given us the statistics uh, that your installed base of 200 million GeForce users, um, still 70% of that installed base is on Pascal or prior generation platforms. You just gave us another statistic that only 10% of that installed base is on RTX based platforms. And so what's your sense on how much, as you proliferate the 30 series, how much of that, uh, ter- how, where could that 10% in, you know, move to you know, let's say over the next uh, 12 to 18 months, could it move to 20% of the installed base, 25% of the installed base? We'd love to get your views on that. Yeah, so when we think about this holiday season and what we've already seen uh, with our 30 series, uh, now that it's such an important part of the year uh, to sell our overall GPUs, um, you've watched in terms of a couple highlights. Uh, One of them is looking at Steam online and the concurrent users overall is up 40% year over year. This is influenced by folks, more and more gamers coming into uh, this arena to actually use gaming as an entertainment and social um, and probably for a long long time to come as we move forward. 
We have 36 games already powered by RTX. Remember, we use AI in our overall cards in order to enable a better performance um, in terms of ray tracing. We're just really pleased uh, that both ray tracing, uh, given where we started with overall Turing, has now quickly been adopted as a new standard for overall gaming. So, so far, what we're seeing in terms of the majority of the Ampere upgrades are actually coming from Pascal, which is essentially our N-2 overall architecture. This is just an initial sample. As you know, we are in this early stage of the overall um, Ampere rollout and the overall upgrades, but it's a really, really great sign. If you recall, our overall Pascal architecture was a true success, and there is a tremendous amount of opportunity um, in terms of both an improvement in performance as well as getting a dollar-per-performance improvement for those that overall upgrade. Remember, Pascal as well did not support ray tracing. So this is a great opportunity for games to get better and for them to see and um, participate in this future of next generation gaming with all of the overall ray tracing games that are out there. Big new titles that are already supporting it um, and now it is really looked at as a must have overall feature. So when we think about this um, upgrade cycle, yes, it is true about 10% of our installed base is only on ray tracing and it is um, the key feature uh, for this holiday to focus on ray tracing. So we're really excited about that ray tra uh, tracing opportunity, um, but also in terms of the upgrade opportunity that we have. The other, the other growth vector within gaming has just been the move from desktop to laptop, right? And the Max-Q line of products from NVIDIA, which I assume you guys are going to announce your next generation 30 series today, uh, has been a big catalyst for uh, laptop adoption amongst the enthusiast class gamers, right? Your highest end gamers. Um, I'm curious as to if you can give us a sense of your GPU business, you know, how has the percentage of uh, laptop based high end GPUs, the max Q family of GPUs as a percent of your total enthusiast class gaming portfolio, how has that mix uh, evolved over time? Yeah, a really good focus in terms of laptops. Uh, the laptops of yesterday versus the laptops of today. Laptops over time became very important that it was thin and light. Uh, thin and light uh, and overall ability to leverage high-end GPUs was the work of NVIDIA working with the overall OEMs and working with them on that Max-Q technology. We wanted to enable the overall mobility of overall gamers, the ease of use, and we have um, seen a now new generation of overall laptops that are focused on the high-end types of gaming. You can go out and procure many different types of overall laptops at different prices, um, including the same overall performance that you can get in overall desktop. So we use this as an opportunity to both attract new gamers, new gamers that aren't necessarily interested in self-building their PCs, 
or looking at gamers to have a second overall um, uh, PC to do their overall gaming. But more importantly, it also serves as doing more than just gaming because we use this as an opportunity to get to the creators, the broadcasters, and many more. So laptops have been um, a wave over the uh, last couple of years. We are on a multiple year growth um, in terms of our overall notebooks. And our notebooks if, um, are approaching nearly 30% of our overall gaming uh, type of revenue that we have today. So a great example of really innovating um, and showing how the gamers can learn how to game on many different types of devices. So stay tuned. I'm sure you'll hear more about our notebooks um, and our laptops for gaming as we uh, move forward. Great. I'm getting a lot of questions on automotive. Let me start it off with the first question, which is there's a strong, obviously a strong showing uh, by NVIDIA at CES in automotive, especially with some of the upcoming EV startups. As you mentioned, NIO announced their latest ET7 EV with advanced compu uh, autonomous compute platform using your drive Orin platform. Uh, Lee Auto, Xpeng have also announced integration of NVIDIA's drive platform for their EV lineups. I think all three of these companies shipped over 100,000 vehicles last year and all three of them are expecting strong growth in shipments this year. Now, near term, um, your design wins for next generation AI cockpit and infotainment are actually what's driving the business, I believe, today. How should we think about the trajectory of your auto business over the next three years? Because I know that Neil, for example, said that they're going to be shipping their ET7 next year, you know, with four of your Orin platforms integrated into their advanced computer, right? So how do we think about the trajectory and the use cases, um, you know, for your auto business over the next three years? Yeah, so great question. And um, we've definitely been uh, it through a whirlwind in 2020 as it relates to the overall automotive industry. Uh, the automotive industry um, was probably one of the first ones to come back um, um, and figure out the overall manufacturing during this overall pandemic. Uh, so they have been ramping um, in terms of the manufacturing of overall cars. Our focus on AI cockpits, therefore, is uh, that top piece as we finished overall calendar 2020. Our AI cockpit work uh, with Mercedes um, is very important. Um, a very important uh, beginning. As you know, we are uh, connected with Mercedes for the long term as we think about uh, the revenue stream and focusing on AV as we move forward. So over the next um, a year, uh, two years, we will see a ramp of that overall AI cockpit. Will we begin the overall AV ramps, um, some of the overall China China partners that we have there, as well as our existing partners that we have uh, here with Mercedes and many of our other initial overall ramps. We'll continue to have development agreements um, as well, focusing on startups and OEMs uh, that are focused on building overall AV uh, for their future cars. But in probably calendar 2024, 
that is when we will start to drive a very important revenue stream, one that really unlocks a significant higher margin revenue as we look to do a shared overall software revenue with Mercedes as providing their full stack inside mm -hmm. their fleet of cars that come out. Question from an investor. So Tesla is talking about the intelligence of the fleet. In other words, using their fleet of EV to, to, to capture all of this real world information, right? And, and, and put it in a big database, right? Mobileye as a part of Intel is also talking about the advantage of having real world driving data being available for edge cases and being able to train their, their, their proprietary uh, you know, AI networks, how, how does NVIDIA make up for this quote disadvantage um, uh, or is it a disadvantage as it relates to having that real world data to help you and your partners, you know, train your models um, and, you know, getting set for, you know, semi and fully autonomous to kind of go prime time here. Yeah, so I think an important part to think about is uh, both uh, the collection of data, and keep in mind, we have our own cars on the road. We are working with many of our OEMs and partners that also have cars on the road. But data is one piece of it. The ability to manage that data and be able to really work with that data inside of their overall data centers. That's right, we're a very important part of the automotive industry's infrastructure and data center, which is working with all of this data, um, moving the data analytics through to build the next AV uh, that is inside the cars. So yes, you see in our automotive business, our actual solutions uh, from full systems and platforms and the overall software once that work is complete, but we also have a tremendous business working with automotive OEMs, startups, and others in terms of the overall infrastructure that they have back in their data center to mine that overall data that helps them in terms of building uh, the solutions for AV going forward. So we're a big part of that um, overall business and the right part of it because we're focused in terms of on the AI and we're focused in terms of on the compute. Let me just um, switch over to data center. There's, there's, we've got a couple of questions on data center. So following up on your A100 product cycle, seven nanometer ampere offers significant performance gains over the previous uh, Tesla V100. Can you just talk about the overall ramp and customer traction? You know, um, what percentage of the data center sales mix in Q3 was A100 and where do you see this mix going? as we move through a uh, calendar year 2021. Yeah, so, so let's first start with um, what we're seeing right now in terms of an overall run rate um, in our data center business. We're probably on an annualized run rate right now of an about 8 billion. A100, remember, is still in that early stages of that ramp uh, because it just came about mid-year in terms of um, uh, 2020 calendar year. Now, where we have focused in terms of A100 in its early stage of that ramp is focusing a lot in that first uh, quarter, quarter and a half, focused in terms of on the clouds and hyperscales. Uh, we also focus in terms of on the consumer internet companies as well that are using overall a AI day-to-day -day in terms of their solutions. We turn the corner as we move to Q3, Q4, 
focusing on the enterprise and the edge as we continue to work with our overall OEMs um, in creating overall server opportunities that incorporate A100 as well. And those are now beginning in terms of that piece as well. But it's still in the early days of um, the overall performance improvement in A100, as well as the overall flexibility of A100. A100 is a solution that allows both training and inferencing at the same time. So really when an overall customer is determining what it needs for its overall projects, and it is going back and forth between whether or not they start on training, whether or not they think about inferencing, A100 can do both and can continue to be reconfigured for the future as the needs overall change. Now, inferencing is an important piece of our overall data center business as well, and A100 um, uh, is also being used for those that want to use inferencing full time. We still have record T4 revenue, also one of our true inferencing only uh, type of product, and that momentum has been great um, throughout all of uh, calendar year and is expected even heading into calendar year 21. So as we move forward, uh, we've got other new products um, as well. Uh, we are releasing in terms of overall DGXs on uh, A100. This is an also an opportunity for us to bring one of our very first products together with Mellanox and focusing on the DPU. And that allows, again, a great increase in terms of our long-term opportunities as we go forward. Now, breaking out the details of uh, that sales mix, it's not something that we break out in terms of granularity of the overall A100. Right. We've got a good mix of uh, focus in terms of the hyperscales and the clouds, and we also have a good mix in terms of focusing on the enterprise. And from time to time, uh, those switch, but essentially they're uh, both a very good part of our business and our sales of A100. Great, well, we're just about out of time. Colette, wanna thank you as always for your participation and looking forward to the NVIDIA team driving strong growth this year. So again, thank you very much. Thanks so much for hosting us, appreciate it. Yeah, thank you.